Am I making any sense? Here we go. All right, my friends. This is another episode of Am I Making Sense coming at you. Man, I am happy to have today's guest on. You know him as the host of the Magic Mike Weekly Mike and also the twice monthly After Mike Roast. Please, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Fareed Frisbee. Yes. <laughs> Fareed, I already, man, we're going. I don't know. This is going to go. This could be risky. So anyone who's ever gone to the Magic Mike knows that Fareed is going to roast you. You're going to get toasted. <laughs> so what I figured before we even jump into the actual podcast the interview, we're going to do some celebrity roasts here. And I am not a roaster. I, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to roasting, but um, we're going to give it a shot. So how I'm going to do this, Fareed, is I'm going to do a share. I'm going to do a share screen, and I'm going to bring up my browser, and I'll have just pictures of the, the celebrity roast, okay? So here we go. Here comes the first celebrity roast that we're going to do. Uh, bear with me. And... Blow! Baroness from G.I. Joe. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what to go with in this direction. I know she looks like she looks like the president of your high school goth club. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good one. Looks she, like uh, like tag Baroness from GI Joe. This is an old wow. <laughs> this predates you, Fareed. I yeah, think this, this predates you. So you have no, you have nothing to go off. She was a villain. Um, she yeah, looked, yeah. I know the one from a if you like. Uh, on the right uh, bottom corner, right? Okay. I know that one, the one with the uh, Channing, I think it was Channing Tatum and Marlon Wayans, uh, below that right there. I know that one. I had to think for a minute. Oh. Yeah, look like a ripoff Black Widow. Yes, <laughs> the cheap Black Widow, you know what? Yeah, or Catwoman. That's what this is. She, she looked like she looks like Catwoman, uh, in an unemployment line. Cat woman, if she couldn't fight, this is what this is. That's what it is. Needed guns. You know what? This is cat woman who hasn't been to a hairdresser in a few months. <laughs> this is great. You know what? This is this is someone who couldn't afford a Halloween costume, so just put on the tightest pajamas. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like. What else? Like I'm no. There's there's definitely a domestic violence case against her. For sure. <laughs> this this looks like a woman who is no stranger to restraining orders. <laughs> who fights with glasses on? Uh, evidently <laughs> the Baroness. The Baroness, the only villain who gets, uh, what is that called? One hour. Oh, shoot. I forgot the name of the thing. See, this is hard. Roasting is hard. The only, uh, the only woman who... Uh, can't afford contact lenses. The only woman villain who can't afford contact lenses. Oh boy, this is tough, Fareed. I don't know how you. I don't know how you do it. You know her body's mad musty under that leather. All that leather, <laughs> that leather uniform, bro. Oh, there's some bad smells coming out of there, especially if she's been in a battle for 18 hours or something. Oh, 18 minutes, bro. Fighting, 
<laughs> the Baroness. The, yeah, like the Baron, no thanks. The, the I used Baron, to love no, not movie. the Baron, yes. The Baron, no. The Baron, no. What does Baron know? What else mean? we got here? We got a motorcycle here. We got the Baroness riding a motorcycle. She's got Where, a double of gold gun. That looked like Pablo Escobar's gun. Oh, 007. That was a good one from uh, yeah. James Bond. James Bond. Damn. This is hard. This is hard. Wow. Oh, this one. I don't mind this one. This is, uh, you know what this is? This, this is the Baroness uh, the day after Chinese New Year. Yeah, I was about to say, this is definitely like the Asian remake of the Baroness. Yep. 100%. That's anime Baroness. And here she is. Right here. <laughs> yeah, they all look like anime characters in this one. Yeah. <laughs> this looks like a Marvel load screen. <laughs> That's what this is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Baroness, that was the first roast. Now we get into some actual podcasting here. But don't worry. <laughs> I got more. I got more. And if you have anyone you want me to pull up, we'll pull them up also. Um, so, hey, when did you start the Magic Mike? Uh, I started that in, like, December. And, like, before it was what it was now, it was, like, a topical thing. So, like, I would, like, hit up people and be like, yo, this week we're going to talk about lotion. And it would just be five minutes on lotion. Right? And then I realized how hard that was. Awesome. Right? I can't even I can't even make, like, a minute worth of material. Right? So, it's... <laughs> Right, so we're so uh, so I just changed it. I was just like, bring whatever, bro. And after a while, it just became this like really lax thing where I just anti promote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Tell people not to show up. There's a similar vibe between a mic that I go to uh, here in the Bay Area that um, is run by uh, Pete Munoz, and it's a Woodham's mic. And that place is just mayhem back before it was a zoom mic. And he doesn't like, he doesn't give you a light. There's just shit talking in the, it's so similar, but it's actually, I prefer the format because uh, I think with what zoom has done with me is it did give me a lot of discipline in that most mics are very strict with the five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so you got to make sure your jokes fit in with that, that time frame. But here, Man, it's like you could go up and the host could just walk away. I'm I'm talking about where I do comedy. And then you'll be you'll be like, oh, I had six minutes worth of stuff, but now I gotta do 10 minutes or whatever. And then you just start kind of babbling about whatever's going on. But I kind of like that. I like yeah. the feeling of I don't know, you don't know when you're gonna go up, you don't know how long you're gonna go for, but you gotta just keep trying to make people laugh. Yeah, man. It's a... I think it's because, like, when you usually do these mics, man, they're, like, always just, like, real, like, uptight and stuff. Some are. And, yeah, I just do that just so, like, the comics just feel all right at home, you know? Yeah. Just, like, because if everybody's laid back, the jokes are going to hit better. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I, I think so. Where Where are you located out of? Maryland. Well, Delaware, technically, but Maryland. Okay. So were you doing comedy before Zoom comedy? No, no. I, I mean, yeah, I, I had it set up that way, then the pandemic hit. Okay. 
and then I had to do it. I didn't even find out about to like displaced until like like three like three months ago. Whenever December oh. was. Well, November. Whenever November was is when I found out. I was like, Oh, I could do this on uh, this is all right. Let's try this out. Nice. Yeah, no, displaced Canadians has been great for it feels like it's kind of shrunk everything down, you know? Whereas before I never would have thought about doing comedy with people, you know, in the northeast or even down south. I did a Hungarian mic once. I got kicked nice. out because I wasn't Hungarian, but like I was there for like a good thirty minutes. Wait a minute. There's a story here. You were kicked out. At what point did they realize you weren't Hungarian? <laughs> in like the beginning, but like, so it was like, uh, it was early in the morning and, and I was trying to find a mic to go to. And I saw this like Hungarian, John. And I was like, all right, let's go here. And I didn't know it was Hungarian until 15 minutes into a conversation uh, with the host. And he was like, nah, this is for like uh, the Hungarians. Cause I was, and I was like, oh, like, do they like live? Are they like located? Are like they're in like the U.S. and like now nah, I'm like the only one in the U.S. Right? They're like over in Hungary, right? So I'm just like kicking it with the host for like a good thirty minutes, right? And we're just talking about how wild there aren't any Hungarian com- comics in huh. the U.S. Yeah, that is interesting. So they were doing it in English. I don't know because I was there before like everybody else. Right, so it was just me and the host. Like when I got off, that's when people were starting to get on. Got it. Yeah, all I I I knew some of the vibe was weird because uh, he was playing like Hungarian music, which just sounds like the beginning to Assassin's Creed. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, man. this is gonna be fun. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, Farid. I don't even know where Hungary is. <laughs> Uh, is it? I think somewhere in European? Europe. I, yeah, I think it's European. I yeah. Even when he said it was like a Hungarian people and like they don't speak English, uh, I still wanted time too yeah. to like. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Nah, you. I, I'm sorry, you don't know any Hungary." I'm like, "How do you know that I don't know any Hungary? I could know all the Hungary. I don't even know if that's the hung. I think Hungary is the people. Hungarian is the language, and the I don't know." Uh, well, I'm hungry just talking about Hungary. <laughs> I'm ready to eat. Dude, that's so funny. But that's the comic mentality too. Even though you're not welcome, you're just like, no, but just give me like two minutes. Give, give me three minutes. I, w- I went to an LGBTQ mic one time and they said, oh, this is for LGBTQ. And the first thing that I said was, okay, cool. Whose dick do I have to suck to get some time? <laughs> No, just kidding. They put me up. Let me go up and I didn't even have to suck a dick, which is, I'm yeah. really grateful for that. No, yeah, not I that I'm shaming dicks. I mean, I'm sure I would, I would, I'm sure I would have a great time sucking a dick, but I'm just saying I didn't have to in that particular situation to suck a dick. So. Imagine you had to do that for a time at an open mic. That's oh. when you found out. That would suck. You could get to reflect afterwards. <laughs> I, <laughs> what if you bomb? <laughs> you still have jizz on your chin. Everyone's looking at the jizz. And you're like, is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, though? I think, Fareed, I think the time to reflect, if that proposition is ever made in order to get time, the time is to reflect 
to reflect is actually before you earn the five minutes. You go, oh, wait a minute. I don't know. How much do I love comedy? Do I love comedy enough to betray my preferred sex? You know? Yeah, no. Yeah, I love comedy. Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> like, I don't love it more than that, you know? Yeah. Right? Oh. I'm so glad you said that. Because I always look at comedy. I'm an older guy. This is what I like. This is why I like this podcast. Cause you're a younger guy. I'm an older guy. And I'm like, I look at the kind of hustle that a comic needs to turn it into a career. And I go, yeah. man, <laughs> I just want to sleep. All I'm thinking about is where is a comfortable place to lie down? And can I nap for more than 15 minutes? That's the extent of what I think about throughout the day. You know? Yeah. I, my mind like races everywhere. So, like, I always, like, try to, like, take on a lot of projects. And that's how I just, like, still, like, uh, just here and just active. But at the same time, it's, like, right before, like, um, uh, before I host it, like, even before uh, this podcast, I always just sleep. I always I have to take a nap to, like, recharge. Yeah. No, that's a good move. And especially, I mean, I don't know if you're getting much how your sleep schedule is at night, but if you're not getting to bed until really late, then definitely those naps, you got to take them. Yeah. <laughs> take it from me, old man. I know. <laughs> Power naps are good. Uh, so yeah, what what made you want to get into comedy then? Uh, it was, oh, so <laughs> um, I watched uh, Louis' um, show. Yeah. Louis? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, FX. I uh I love the show a lot and like it's a good one. I remember uh yeah, I remember like junior year. I uh I think it was some, somewhere around November. I was just on the floor watching the show. I was like I could I could do this. Nice. This this looks fun and manageable. Yeah. I think yeah, my introduction was like uh watching uh Bill Cosby himself. Ooh. Right. That was I saw that in, like second grade and I was like I've always been like really interested in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny how like my inspirations are Bill Cosby and Louis. See what happens to them, <laughs> you know? Like I, I didn't even I think get... about that. <laughs> I well, have you watched the most recent Louis special? It came out about a year ago. It, it was yeah. Uh, no one picked it up, but he sold it on his website. Um, so it was pretty good. It was really good. I love that special. It's my yeah. favorite special by him right now. It's a uh, I forgot what bit he, uh, it's, he's just so smart, man. Like, but I, I was so dark. Guy. I remember after I watched it, I kind of, I like dark comedy mm -hmm. and I laugh at really macabre things. But I remember watching that and walking away going, Ooh, because he touched on so many things. Like he was talking about his mother's death and I was like, Oh my God. And then he was talking about all the others. And I go, well, that was a dark one, but it was, I mean, it's Louie. He's so good. Um, yeah, man. He, yeah, he's one of the best, bro. Like, it's sad what, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna come back up. People like that, they don't stay down for long. Well, I wonder, here's what I wonder. This is just something I've been thinking about. You know, like we just said, there's different levels of quote unquote canceling. And mm -hmm. I wonder if there's going to be, uh, I don't think canceling at this level is going to continue on for much longer. I don't know why I say that, but I feel like uh, there to be, at some point, we're going to realize, like, whoa, we're being way too sensitive about way too many things. And then yeah, we'll do a retrospective, right? Word. And then I think some yeah. people, it'll just be like, I can't believe 
we went for this person. Like the the most recent one was um, Gina Carano. Something uh, I don't know if you ever watched the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. So she got fired, and it was like I looked at her tweets, and I go, <laughs> I don't know what's so objectionable about what she's. It's opinionated, but it's not objectionable, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, it's when it's it's almost weird because you just worded it wrong, and like I get why people got like offended by it, but uh, yeah, I feel I don't know, man. When people like that get into like politics and stuff, I don't listen. I no. can't. I don't like politics in the beginning. Like I don't. Like I could just see. I could like uh, I could just like see like the key words where people can be offended and not even like read the full tweet or like take yeah. it in, right? And when the like I. I skip it all the time, right? You could have been yeah. saying something like real world. I, I didn't pay attention. I was like, oh, she's canceled now. All right. I, I, I'm with you. My thing is I don't really, um, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm number one. I'm apolitical. The only time mm-hmm. I really read it news is to see if I can get a good joke out of it, but not like, I don't want to just shit on the right or the left. I just want to find something funny that, is kind of goofy, but not um, preachy because I love the entertainers who don't feel like they need to be role models. You know, they just come out. Exactly. It's like, it's not that I'm trying to be uh, controversial or necessarily trying to be really good. I'm just being myself. That's what I like uh, in entertainers. Hold on. Let's try something. Let's try something. Hold on. Here we go. We're going to bring up another celebrity. Boom. You know who this guy is? Ooh, Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dang, all right. This picture, <laughs> he looked like he looked like he's he got discount meth. <laughs> he's a discount meth smoker for sure. Yeah. That's the that's the face you make when they put uh dang Oh wow, Dag! I was blanked on that joke. What is a ventilator? What's the the, the thing in the bag, right? The IV. When they put meth. Yeah, an the IV. IV. When they, <laughs> yeah, when they put like glue in the IV bag. Ah. <laughs> uh, look at right here. You know what this guy? This guy looks like he. Um, it looks like a bartender just showed him a naked picture of his wife. I can't tell if that's sweat or pimples on his face. Probably both. Probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. It looks like the dye from his hair, his silver <laughs> hair, is like dripping down his face. That's how hot it is in that room. I get no respect, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This guy, he looks like he yells at kids who walk on his lawn. <laughs> For sure. He looks like he has like one of those eyes from like those uh, little toys that you would squeeze and then the eyes would come out like the yes. frogs. <laughs> He's got a stress doll face. Oh yeah, for sure. You give him a yeah. squeeze and his, uh, what are they called? Pro something, pronated eyes come out. <laughs> that cigar's taller than his head. <laughs> That's a big cigar. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, he, he looks like he's trying to compensate for something with that cigar in his mouth. Yeah, that looks like half of a pool stick. <laughs> that yeah, that looks like someone went to play fetch and threw a stick <laughs> in his mouth. Yeah, that does look like a, a dog toy. 
That's it looks like a cowtail. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Cowtail. Ooh, what kind of dog you got? I heard you just say you went to go. Oh yeah, Yorkie uh, Bichon. Oh Bichon. It's like a, yeah, it's a really small. I I don't like big dogs because like like on the chance that like it'll turn on me, right? like I can't defend myself versus a big dog. But like the little ones, I could like sleep and like understand. Like yo, like at any time, I can end this thing's life. Yeah, you know, it's not the other way around. You could you could squish him in a recliner. Just put the seat down, mm-hmm. and that's it. He's done. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I like the smaller dogs. I have a medium sized dog. Let me um let me bring down Rodney. We'll stop. I have a medium sized dog. He's about forty pounds. But you know what? I agree with you one hundred percent about people with these big dogs that could eat their face off. Yeah. So just today I was walking my dog and there was a dude walking a Rottweiler. Have you seen those dogs? Yeah, man. It's always like the white girls that have those types of dogs, man. And they would be like four foot 11 and they're carrying this big dog. Right. I don't, I don't like that. Just walking around their hydro flask and like this monster on a leash. I, <laughs> That thing will chew your face and your dick off if it got off leash. This Rottweiler today was like barking at my dog, going all crazy. And the owner happened to be kind of a a heavier set white guy. So he had him under control. But I was like, Jesus Christ, you're leaving the house with that monster? Oh, my God. Because you know if that thing ever bit a kid, like not only are they going to kill the dog, but he's going to probably be sued and it's going to cost him however much money. I don't know. I don't see it with those big dogs. I'm sure there's some gentle big dogs, right? Yeah, like uh, I was about to say the Doberman Pinscher. That's the least. Uh, that's the least gentle. But uh, the one, uh, whatever Beethoven was, I heard that was gentle. Oh, I don't know that one. It's the if I could think of Saint something. It has like a real like proper oh, name. Oh, Saint Bernard. It. Saint Bernards. I heard they're nice for kids. Yeah, uh, it was on Beethoven and uh, Peter Pan, I believe, too. The old one that everybody watched. Yep. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the one that my daughter wants. She wants one of those oh. uh, St. Bernard's, but I don't know, man. It seems like you're going to go through a lot of food with that guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're cute when they're like real little, though. Yeah, but like these, I don't know, it's just seemed like these like girls with like scrunchies on their like wrist and then like this huge dog. <laughs> And they always like the dog is because the dog means well usually, right? They just want to like go up to you and like pet you, but like it's so I like animals, but like to an extent, right? Like if it if it could kill me, I'm not into it, right? So when I see it, I'm like I'm on my guard, and I'm like yo, like at any point I might have to put this dog down manually, you know, without the euthanization. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah, so tell me about your, how you come up with your jokes? What's your joke writing process? Are you just like talking with people and something funny happens and then you bring it on stage or do you actively sit down and write jokes? It's, it's never actively sit down and write for me. Cause I don't know. Every time I did that, the jokes were like, I know they're like in their beginning stages, but they always just like bomb like terribly. But uh, with me, it's like whenever I'm in the shower, I think of something uh, funny or just uh, talking, talking to yourself. I I found that that like helps. Yeah. It sounds crazy, but like, uh, just like, you know, uh, just like engaging in the conversation or like being in like a fake argument, whatever that helps. And like uh, talking to like your friends. 
Yeah. Like I like I found the uh a lot of stuff just talking to just people and be like, yo, this would be funny if we if I brought this here. I've been noticing that more during the this pandemic year because I'm not talking with as many people. But when I do get a chance to talk with someone and something just you know how you're just shooting shit with people and then something happens and you start yeah. laughing. And, I, and then I, I always think to myself now, oh, maybe that's something I can try on stage. Well, on stage, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I could try on yeah. the mic and uh, I, could, I could see if that's actually could fit into a joke format. So lately that's been helping me a lot. Not that I'm talking with a lot of people, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So how's it been over in Maryland as far as the, this lockdown? Are you guys, do you guys do any live comedy or is it still all Zoom? Well, yeah, it's like, so like, I live in Maryland, but I don't like live in Maryland. Like I'm 15 minutes away from Delaware, which is where I'm like, uh, usually that's where I'm from. Right. And like, there's like no real like comedy scene there. Right. Like they just made it like a club during quarantine. Right. That's not open. Right. So this was like my only like avenue. Right. So there wasn't really anything open, but like in terms of just everything, yeah, it's pretty much locked down. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we are here too. I, I do see, so comics are starting to pro, promote in-person mics more now, but I, I don't know. I just have this feeling. I don't know why I feel this way, but I think that uh, there's probably going to be, everyone's going to relax and go out and we're not, I mean, I don't know how many people have the vaccine, but I feel like we're going to get another wave and it'll be like, oh shit, here's a <laughs> wave. And then we're going back in. So I'm kind of in no rush to go back to physical mics, although I miss it. And I'm curious yeah. about how much worse I've gotten by not doing stand up for, well, I do Zoom comedy, but I'm wondering if it's going to translate over when I go back in person. But I'm in no rush. <clears throat> I'll go. Yeah. I go. I, yeah, man, I, I really just want to go back outside and do some like an actual mic. <laughs> like, I, if they do, like, if they do, and there is another wave, like, a part of me just feels like if like everyone ignores that the wave is happening, mm-hmm. right, then we'll have some peace. Like, if everyone just stops caring, which is terrible, but if everyone just stops caring, it's like, yo, life is, life is good. Just dancing in a burning building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, no, I totally hear you on that because, um, I don't know how past pandemics, like when this all started happening, I was reading up more on the, you know, the Spanish flu and other pandemics. And it feels like across the board at some point, the human immune system just kind of gets it and then take care of it. Like there are some really bad ones, right? Like there's the smallpox and the meningitis and these are terrible. Yeah. That's why we vaccinate those. But then most of these other kind of viruses, it's like, we eventually get used to it and then people stop dying from it. And then it's just kind of part of the thing. And unfortunately a lot of people die before you get there. But that's, yeah, that's man. what happens. And so we might still be a year away because even with the vaccine and then there's going to be people who don't want to take it. I don't know what your opinion is on that. I don't, I don't think we have much choice. So I'm going to take it whenever I get um, approved. Yeah. First I was like against it. And then I was like, you know what, if I get to go there outside, why not? Now I'm like, it does. It's not up to me. Like they could, they could kick down the door and just give it to us yeah. if they want. Right? <laughs> like we can't, we can't really choose. 
Yeah. So yeah, I. Well, I think whatever. Yeah, I think if you're a student, yeah, I you know, uh, in at least public schools for elementary and middle school and whatnot, you have to have those vaccine vaccination cards or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, the vaccine. Uh, the other shots that you have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's entirely possible. You're right that maybe in order to get to some places like where I work, I'm pretty sure if I want to go back on site, I'm going to have to provide some kind of proof that yeah. I've taken the vaccine. So there's choice, but not really. <laughs> it's not really a choice. I feel like a part of me feels like once you take it, like uh, Elon Musk's like North cell thing, like activates. And now you can't pay with anything without doing like a swipe with the arm and your wrist. And now we all like living through that. Right? And like people like fugitives, Right, you can't be a fugitive anymore because now the government know where you're all are at. Like all, I don't know. It's like, but we'll see. It's whatever. They already see us through the Zoom thing. Are you uh, on this? That's true. Do you ever? So, when I was your age, I was definitely into conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and conspiracy. Are you into conspiracy stuff or no? It's a. It's like, it's like a little bit of everything, right? Because like. Yeah. Uh, I like one point is like I just like don't trust the government, but also yeah. I'm like, oh, I know why it's here, right? So I like I do like I don't really dabble in conspiracy uh, theories that much because like I know I could go way too far. Yeah, that's my problem. Right? Yep. And then I can't go to sleep at night, right? So <laughs> so we, and then like when they said it's like it makes sense, but like also like the crazy person to me who likes to control everything is like I kind of get why they do that. You know, like this is a power move, right? And I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta find like a even, like I, unless like everybody knows like the Epstein thing, for example, yeah. or like uh, the Pizza Gate. I don't really like look into it. Yeah, I used to be huge into it in like middle school and like elementary school. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was the same way. And so the reason I don't really even entertain any of that stuff anymore is because it's when I was younger, there was only so much information you could get right? Maybe a book here, maybe uh, some special every once in a while on a cable television would give you a little bit, but it was, it was really hard to come across information. But now there's so much information with so many different theories and things out there that if I start YouTubing it, oh my God, forget about it. I could, I could waste, you know, two, three hours can just be gone like that. And then I go, what, what am I doing? And then, like you said, I can't sleep good. Cause I'm thinking, well, this is all a hustle, right? This isn't real. And, but who knows, right? And your head starts spinning. So I, that's what I found. I just, it's all so exhausting. But you know what? The one thing that I can say is that I do believe that there are just these authoritarian structures in place that kind of defend themselves. And, and it's not that it's immoral. It's just Word. that it's a machine. And once you build a machine, the machine does whatever it's supposed to do. It's immoral, but like, you kind of get it, right? Yeah. Look at it from like the greater good. Like it's all bad if you really like capitalism's not good, right? Like uh, that microphone that's like you're holding to your face right now is probably like built by like some fourteen year old uh, oh, Cambodian oh, kid, probably. <laughs> probably who lost like half a finger doing it, but like, <laughs> but like you're doing a podcast, you know? Like yeah. you made money move. It's still liquidating. You yeah. Know, it's all that type of stuff where it's like, 
it makes sense, but it's still sad. But there's nothing we can really do about it. It's also that, like, what am I going to do if I find out that Bush did do 9-11? Right? Like, yeah, yeah. am what I going to go to? What next? <laughs> yeah. you, know what? You, could, you could start your own podcast and you could be a counterbalance to uh, Alex Jones, right? Ooh, and yeah. so you could. I don't know. I kind of like his stuff. I kind of like his stuff because of how wild it is. It's so wild. like, I would, I, I would want to be like him, but like squared. You know, Ooh. like get all, get to say the stuff he can't say because he's white. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Do you think he holds back? That's an interesting thought. So, you know, everyone now because we we were talking about cancel culture, everyone has their. Yeah. Where, where they go, oh, I really don't want to bring up this opinion because this opinion will probably cancel me. But Alex Jones doesn't yeah. strike me as a guy who's holding back. I think if he was going to say something that was disparaging to any one community, uh, I, I don't think he would necessarily hold back. But I don't know. I don't listen to his stuff. You know, when I listen to Alex Jones, I listen to Alex Jones when he's on a comedian's podcast. That's the Yeah, I call him on flagrant too. Yeah. I, I watched, well, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of those clips. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's super energetic. Right. But like everybody has that line that they won't cross. Yeah. Right? And so like everybody can be bought to an, to an extent. Right. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's like full on crazy. Right? right. So, so yeah, I, yeah, I know he's not pandering, but like, I know there's something he's holding back. Yeah. Right. And it, it maybe because of the stuff that he says is like super wild. Right. Imagine what he's holding back. It might be even wilder. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at him and I look at him as a performer and I kind of think he knows what he's doing because I, I think you're right. I don't think a guy would have gone as far as he's gone and been able to organize his show and promote and do all these things for, so so he has the whatever, 100 million viewers and also not be a calculating person. He's a calculating person. So I I agree with you. There's probably a lot of stuff that he just goes, Ooh, I can't, (laughs) I can't touch that. Even though I would have a blast going bananas with that. Yeah. He's for sure a performer, bro. Because someone who's like that interested in it, if they were like, like like Ben Shapiro, he's not interesting. Uh -uh. You know? Yeah. Right. We're like, this dude is like interesting. He may not agree with he's. Exactly. You may not agree what he says, but like, it's still like entertaining. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's good stuff though. I guess, yeah. I guess if you can, if you can handle that kind of stuff, let's go. Hey, do you have anyone you want to get in on a roast? Any name? Um, I'll pull up another one. All right, yeah. Um, I, I just realized, I realized I'm pulling up a lot of stuff that is probably dated. Rodney Dangerfield, you've probably never seen him perform, huh? Not that I have. I wasn't born when he performed. Yeah. I have seen, uh, I've seen his stuff. Uh, my favorite, he's in one of my favorite movies, Caddyshack. Oh, right? yes. Because uh, I do, so the movie's terrible plot-wise, right? Yeah. But uh, him, Chevy Chase, and uh, Bill Murray, yeah. They're just like one of like the greatest just performances I've seen on screen because yeah. it's like ninety percent improv. And uh, I, I was so. reading about it, and it was like his first movie, Rodney's first movie, and and uh, Harold Ramis. Uh, that was his directorial uh, de- debut, right? Okay. And uh, he would uh, 
she would say to uh, Rodney Dangerfield instead of saying action, he said, like, "All right, Rodney, it's time to do your bit," and that's how they would start the scene. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he would just stand, Rodney would stand there and he say action and just not know what to do. Yeah. And he, Man, he was yeah. old in that too, wasn't he? Because that was that was his first movie, but he'd been doing stand-up comedy for a long time, but Hollywood just never booked him in a movie or something, right? Yeah, I think he was successful during that time. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, he was well, he was definitely successful after that movie because he had a lot of other movies that were really bad after yeah. that. That's the only Rodney Dangerfield movie I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of any other either that I've seen him in. That made an impression on me. And I know he had one with uh, a young, uh, what's his name, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. The the one in high school, John, but I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of funny, kind of kooky, weird movies from that era. Uh, yeah, that are really good. So that's cool. So you actually go back and watch old stuff. I yeah, I'm like huge in the movies. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Would you ever do, are you just all about stand-up comedy or would you do improv and acting also? Uh, I like, I'm usually, I like uh, screenwriting for the oh, most okay. part. Uh, improv is all right. Acting is like, I don't know. Yeah, I like controlling stuff a lot, right? So like, if I don't like the script or don't agree with it, then I'm probably not. But like, I'm like, or I don't, I also don't want to be associated with something bad. Right, just like terrible. So well, that could, too. Yeah, and you don't control it because you're exactly. just I can't be like this script is trash. I can't say that. <laughs> well, no, what if what if this happens? Because a movie is a, another huge machine that's that's being put together, right? So what if this happens? What if you read the script and you go, God damn, this script is good. You read it and then you go and you act and you go, Man, I had good chemistry with whatever my um whatever they're called, my uh other actor, fellow actor, co I was going to yeah. say coworker. I don't think it's called coworker, but something. And then you're feeling good about it. And then it goes to the editing room and they just Ooh, yeah, and it lock takes, it up. Yeah. Right. That could happen. And then you see it in the movie theaters and you're like, Oh no, that's not what I remember at all. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, yeah. I'd probably be upset, man. I don't, I'll just be like, yo, like I, that wasn't the version I saw. That wasn't the good stuff. But yeah, I don't like that's what happened to um, what was it, Natural Born Killers? Uh, oh, I love that it's movie. A, oh, that had Rodney Dangerfield in it. That had Rodney Dangerfield in it. He was the. I never was, seen it. He was the dad who molested the girl. Oh, then I will never watch that movie. I only see uh, Rodney Dangerfield in Good Light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. he's a bad guy in that one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Natural Born well, Killers. Uh, Let me make sure I'm making the right reference. I'm pretty sure it's with Woody Harrelson and um, that's the one. Yeah, that's one of my. That's a great movie. Uh, it, I am not into it because uh, yeah, I'm a it, huge Tarantino. Yeah, no, because I I won't even see it because I'm a huge uh, Tarantino fan, okay. and he was the uh, original person who like wrote the script, right? Oh. And so. Uh, I forgot who's the dude name, but like, uh, basically I forgot which, uh, movie company took it and then they made like crazy edits to the script. Right. And it didn't let Tarantino direct it or like they, they gave him like a little bit of credit, but it's completely different from the script. Right. And I just won't watch it. And they basically, I think they ruined the movie. 
because I read the script and then I read the plot to the actual movie and I was like, I don't like this at all. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So I'm I'm looking at it on IMDb and sure enough, the writers are Quentin Tarantino and then they put in parentheses story and then they say David uh, Bellows and they put in parentheses mm-hmm. screenplay. So he probably, he sold the story, right? It got picked up yeah. and then they did whatever they wanted to do with it. And that's probably why he wanted to have full control on his whatever eight movies that he's um, brought out. So, okay. So you're Quentin. So I would say, here's what I'm going to say, because I do have to defend natural born killers. <laughs> I do have to defend it in the sense that um, it's, it's so it's Oliver Stone. He directed it. I don't know if you've watched Word. his stuff, but his stuff is really kind of dark and it makes you feel uncomfortable. Kind of like some of uh, Tarantino's stuff. Like it's good, but you're also like, oh God. Um, yeah. Then there's a couple scenes in here, which I don't want to, I don't want to play out on. I don't want to just say on a podcast because people should definitely go watch it. But there's a few scenes that I, I just really love. They're one of the more memorable scenes in uh, all of, in, in all of cinema. But let's move on to Quentin Tarantino. So you're a Tarantino yeah, fan. Have you seen all his Huge movies? One. All of them, even the bad ones. Whoa, okay. Oh, so which ones are bad in your opinion? Uh, what was it called? Jackie Brown. I didn't like the Hateful Eight. Is terrible. Um, those are the bad ones for me. Okay. He's only made two bad ones, really. I like. And Jack uh, Brown. I guess. But yeah, everybody did, but it was too, I don't know. It was like, it wasn't a lot of, uh, it was moved slow. It didn't really pick up until like, uh, an hour and a half. Yeah. It started off really good though. Like, uh, when a uh, Chris Tucker gets a uh, shot in the back of the trunk, but like right after that, it was super slow. Okay. You know what? My, my least favorite one I, I like m- most of what Tarantino does. I just give a pass and I say it's great. But this last one he did, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Love that one. <laughs> I don't get it. You don't get it? Uh, don't yeah, get a it. lot of people did it. I don't yeah, get it. man. Man, it's, uh, it's, an, it's one of those acquired taste ones. But like, yeah. I, so I'm like, I like, a, I, I look at a lot of stuff. From like, I used to look at it from the story side. Okay. But like, uh, the more I like write, the more I see it from like a directorial side, yeah. right? And that movie is just, it's beautiful. And like, just the way he sets up things, it's, it's just like great. I think it's Leo DiCaprio's like best acting role. He has some scenes in there that are just insane. Fire. Yes. Yeah, there's just some, there's a lot of just insane moments throughout that movie. Like uh, the ending is like amazing when uh, he like, uh, flame uh throws like uh the, yeah, yeah. the, the hippie yeah, yeah it's like because it's, it's just a nod to um it's just a nod to like old hollywood and like when and it crosses with uh, the charles manson stories yeah it is really good he's basically just it's, it's just a rewrite it's just a rewrite of like what if like i forgot who the lady's name was if she survived um and how it it's not her name yeah, a tape. Yeah. You know, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. We all know who you're yeah. talking about. Um, and the flamethrower, he had the flamethrower, a flamethrower scene in Inglorious Bastards, also, didn't he? Or yeah, that's yep, Django for Juice. That's what Inglorious yeah. Bastards is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Django. That's <laughs> that's one of my favorite. Yeah, um, that's that's like uh, problematic, uh, problematically like my favorite Leo DiCaprio role. 
is uh, Django, and he's like just like it's it's so bad. I'm like he's so good at this. <laughs> well, that movie that movie is problematic in so many ways, but not. So this is what I would say. I don't. I'm not a sentimental guy, and I'm not. Uh, you know, movies don't really make me too upset. But there were oh, scenes word. in that one that, oh my god, I was almost crying just because I, you know, the the horror. Yeah. It's crazy that it took a white man to make like the first like uh, slave hero. You know, like yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's what he is. He's just he's like Nat Turner, but on steroids inside yeah. that movie, and I love it. Yeah, right? like he he's a bounty hunter. It's it's my favorite Tarantino movie next to Pulp Fiction, right? <laughs> and uh. It's it's like one of those movies where like uh every everything inside there is like over the top, but at the same time it's like, well, they kinda did do all this during slavery. Right. Like nothing's really like cut out. Yeah. Right? Like I think the closest thing to that is uh Twelve Years of Slave, right? Where it was just like oh just as brutal as uh yeah. Django. Yeah. And it was funny too. Like uh the the scene, the cameo with Jonah Hill. And they went the Klansmen, but they didn't have the, the eyes cut out yeah. for holes. So they're just walking around and they're all blind. That's the one thing I like about Tarantino. Like he he lightens the mood. All yeah. Time. That's true. Um, I and also another thing about uh a couple of his movies, I forget how many it was in, but the uh, Austrian guy was in Django and he was also in Inglorious Bastards. He's one and of my Pulp fiction. Oh, was he? Yeah, he's the uh, yeah, you're talking about the, uh, you're talking about uh, what's his name, Doctor Schultz, right? From yeah. Django. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's the um, he's the 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 man in the beginning of the cafeteria scene before they stick up the restaurant. He's in that too, and he's in um, Reservoir Dogs. He's the crooked. Uh, no, he's not the crooked cop. He's the uh, crooked criminal at Reservoir Dogs. He's the undercover cop. Got it. Forgot his name. I'm I'm pulling it up right yeah. now. On IMDb, it is L. No, uh, Inglorious. Oh no, was he on Inglorious? Ba- yeah, it was Inglorious Bastards. He is the Jew. Yeah, he was the Jew hunter in Inglorious Bastards. Yes, he was. So his name is M- Michael Fassbender. No, I think oh, that's uh, a no, 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 no. That's a sorry, Magneto. Sorry, 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 sorry. I I can't. These things are so little. Was it um, Tim Roth? Right? Yeah. There we go. Yep, Tim Roth. Yeah, he was also in the Hateful Eight, which started out great and just went downhill from there. Yeah. No, Hateful Eight. I'm not going to bat for Hateful Eight at all. I, that yeah. was a little slow. <laughs> the thing, but with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you talked about how. Uh, which one was it that was so slow? The Hateful Eight or the? Uh, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. You're right. Okay. So that one that you had to wait for a payout on that one. But I thought yeah. once upon a time was the same thing where there were so many, I just felt disjointed things that never really came to conclusion. And the conclusion was kind of just this huge crescendo, but then I, uh, go, I, I still feel like there's so many storylines that, um, I, I don't know. Were like uh, left on a, an a answer. Yeah. It was, bit. um, it was just like, very suspenseful i think everything was answered it was just one of those movies where like you had to wait but yeah so once upon a time in hollywood is kind of like jackie brown right where it's like long and uh 
you're gonna like have a it's like long moments but like unlike Jackie Brown those long moments are like very suspenseful you're on the edge of your seat the entire time and like I just it's it's one of like his most like just like just uh visually just like very pleasing yeah and and like um like uh the entire like uh when he's shooting the west uh the western and he's like the heavy in the movie Yeah, yeah right like that that scene right like on paper, if you just have that scene, it's like, why is this in here? You just took away a lot of it. It's it's like kind of stupid, right? right? But like when you see like that's one of Leo DiCaprio's like best acting yeah. inside of it, and you that's like one of the most powerful scenes inside the movie, right? And then Brad Pitt, that's like out of like all characters that Brad Pitt has played, right? Like this one is like, oh, this is like Brad Pitt, right? Just super, just a cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think he killed his wife? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, Tarantino, he had to. Yeah, yeah, Tar- yeah. He he killed him twice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I um I when you talk about the scene, are you talking about the one where he's in the trailer and getting upset with himself for not remembering the lines? Is that that's a good one? I didn't. I forgot about that one. I'm yeah. talking about the one where uh, right going, after when he, yeah, 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 yeah. When he keeps going line and then he gets it. Yeah. One um the one time is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just a whole bunch of just acting stuff inside that movie too. Just random acting stuff. It's a lot of like backstory. Cause he was, try- he, Tarantino was trying to do a lot, but I think he accomplished it. Yeah. Like he did in Jackie Brown where I just felt like it was slow, but it was, it was necessary. I just wasn't, I was, it wasn't vibing with it. Yeah. When did you first get this? When did you first realize you like Tarantino movies? Well, uh, I got into movies around like middle, uh, late middle school, early high school. And I used to watch like a lot of movies I like heard about, but like wasn't able to watch at the time. Yeah. Right. So I was watching like paid in full and like belly and stuff like that. Okay. And I like, I thought they were great. And then I, uh, so for some reason, uh, there was like a time where like, I was like really afraid of like the eighties. Right. Okay. And I was like, it was something where like 80s and whatever word had like cult classic. I just assumed it was like scary for some reason. Uh, And I was like, for some reason, like that feeling transcended to like uh, Pulp Fiction, which came out in the 90s. But like, it's like a cult classic movie. Like, it's like, uh, everybody knows it's a great movie. But it's one of those movies where like, like you got like Tarantino hits who just love it. And I thought it was like, uh, I thought it was scary when I first watched it, I knew it wasn't, kinda but it was like suspenseful. It kind of is. Gimp? Yeah. Oh my like, God. That's a terrifying concept, right? Yeah. What? I remember, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember seeing it. And I was just like, yeah, this is uh I remember I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to be afraid of this movie and watching it just fell in love with it. I was like, this is like amazing writing. It's better than everything I've ever saw. Right. And then I just went from like a spiral into Tarantino. Nice. <laughs> And did you watch him in, oh, so Pulp, so Reservoir Dogs was his first, uh, I guess, film. Did you go back and watch them all in series or did you just piecemeal it all together? It was, um, so I started with Pulp Fiction because that was like my introduction to Tarantino. And okay. then I went uh, in a chronological order. Okay. So I went from uh, Pulp Fiction, right, to uh, all of the movies he directed and written, right, and then the, and then the movies that he wrote. For example, True Love, I think that, that's what it's oh. called. True Romance, True Romance. Okay. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I've seen that one. 
So Ooh, true romance it, is a good one. Is it? Okay. I'll check it yeah. out. I'll put it in my notes here. Um, so he, so what's the deal? Does he only have one more movie to make? Or was that the last one when he did once upon a time? I know he has, it's going to be limited, yeah. right? He's not going to just keep making movies. Is that right or no? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, he says he's going to stop at 10. Right. And, uh, uh, once upon a time was his ninth movie. Right. And he's pretty much, uh, I think eight, he's, he has seven good ones and two bad ones, right? Yeah. And like, if he if he does like uh he he's either gonna do Kill Bill Volume Three, right, which I am excited for, or he's gonna do Pulp Fiction but in space, which is a new Star Trek. He's gonna work on a new Star Trek film, which he says is gonna be like Pulp Fiction but in space, right? And if he like, does but he's using that, the brand. He's using the Star Trek brand. He's using Star Trek brand, right? Which is a hard thing to come back because. Who really likes Star Trek after Next Generation? Like the movies were like it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the most recent. So here's where I get weird. I, I'm not a fan of J.J. Abrams at all. But I don't like him. He ruins Star Wars. He ruins so many things. But I did like when he did the Star Trek stuff, which is really weird. I think uh, the, the, the last two, whatever they were, where they got that that guy playing Captain Kirk, the, uh, I forget his name, Chris, but, uh, prime Chris Pine. Fine. There you go. I, for some reason I enjoyed it. Now they weren't Star Trek formula at all. They were yeah. definitely the new, I guess the next generation, the Star Trek for the millennials, if you will, because it was more flashbang. Whereas usually Star Trek is kind of an intellectual, um, it's not really all about yeah. the explosions, but these were about like the explosions. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, like, uh, the ones with, like, Patrick Stewart, right? Like, that was, like, it was real, like, uh, moral-based. It wasn't, like, Star yeah. Wars, right? And then, like, uh, the Chris Prime ones, it's just, like, it's, like, if, like, frat boys made, like, a like a star movie, like yeah. a, a, a space movie. That's what it was. It was it was entertaining. Yes. That is true. Very entertaining. It was. Yeah. So here's what I'll say about Quentin Tarantino. I really hope his last one isn't a Star Trek themed one. <laughs> I really hope. Oh yeah. I, I really hope I need him to wrap up the kill bill volume three. Yeah. Right? Cause that would be amazing. If it is, I'm still going to watch it. Right. Cause I'm a huge fan, but I know, well, obviously he's regarded as one of like the greatest directors in all of history, but if he manages to go, uh, what is it? He has seven. What is he? He's like, He's at nine right now, right? Yeah. Two bad, so he's like seven for nine. If he goes eight for ten movies, that he, that's like that's eighty percent, just like great of this greatness. I, Which is like no one's done that. No, no one's put nine movies. You're going to be the Tom Brady. Well, he <laughs> is. No, he directors. I, I think he already is because even the ones that you know we said we have our opinions on and whatever. There's still large groups of people who like those misses. Love him. Love exactly. Him. And so he's already, I mean, he's there. He actually, you know, Quentin is an interesting story. I was literally the last podcast I did with me and Dave, we were talking about Quentin Tarantino because normally this is what I would say when it comes to creating anything, right? So you write, yeah. you perform, you play music, whatever you're doing, you kind of know that if you want to follow whatever's in your head, 100%, it's not going to be for everyone. It just isn't 
Because if you keep your, whatever you want to call it, and I don't want to get pretentious, but if you keep your vision just true to whatever's coming out of you, a lot of times it's not going to be commercial. So normally what I would say is I would say, if someone stays 100% true to their vision and what they want to do, then they're always going to have a strong fan base, but it'll never be a commercial fan base. But Quentin Tarantino is the opposite of that because I don't think that guy compromises at all. And he, he gets so many people from so many, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, when you think about the content and the execution of what, of the stories he's telling, they're dark. They're so dark, but literally you can walk into work and there'll be like a 60 year old lady. Like, Oh, I just watched. They don't talk like that at 60, but you can get a little old lady. Like I just watched once upon a time in Hollywood. And it was such a good movie. You're like, what you really? And it's so violent, whatever. So, it crossed over into commercial, but I don't think he compromised at all as a creator. It's because he like draws from like so many different like inspirations, like Scorsese and then black exploitation films to like uh, a lot of like uh, Japanese movies where like he can pick from like everyone, like people who like Kill Bill, right? Aren't the same people who like Reservoir Dogs. Some some are, a lot are, but like some aren't, right? Like Reservoir Dogs is like that's more like. He just, and then he does like uh, Clint Eastwood, right? With the Westerns and the Hateful Eight, even though that was terrible, but like the Hateful Eight, he just, he like, he likes a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it just helps, right? Because it resonates with like everybody. I think so. Yeah. And I think like, there's just like certain ones who do that well. Like uh, Scorsese is another one, right? Like a lot of people don't, um, a lot of people aren't into mafia movies, but like everybody's seen a, Whatchamacallit? Goodfellas? What's a Goodfellas. Everybody's seen Goodfellas. I love Casino more than Goodfellas, but everybody's seen Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, same thing with uh, uh, Steven Spielberg. Everybody's seen yeah. at least one Steven Spielberg film. From E.T. to a... Uh, uh, I'm blanking on Steven Spielberg. Oh, he's got so many. What else? It's hard to... Yeah. It's hard to pick. Um, well, I mean, he was a co-producer on Indiana Jones stuff, wasn't he? And he was... Uh, yeah. Uh, well, of course, you have the one he did about uh, the Holocaust, which was Schindler's List. The Schindler's which, List, yeah. That's not his typical thing, but still, it's an iconic movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, God, why can't I? Jaws, Jurassic Park. There we go. There yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're like, everybody's seen those movies and like enjoys them. He's yeah. It's yeah. like, there's like a lot of directors that like do that well. Like Edgar Wright is another one, for example. Have you seen his stuff, uh, Baby Driver? There's people like Baby Driver who haven't heard of Scott Pilgrim, or there's people who like Scott Pilgrim who haven't heard of like um, uh, what's a uh, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. Right. Hot Fuzz is a deep cut for like people uh, who seen Edgar Wright. Oh. Right. Like he. Yeah. I think the only one I've seen out of the all those titles you listed is Shaun of the Dead. I think that's the only that's one. That's a good one. That, that's one of his best, actually. Okay. Dang, so yeah. you go deep. You've got some deep knowledge on cinema. Are you are you always actively thinking about a story or a script to put together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's like what I, that's what I like really, really love is like uh, movies. So I, uh, I like always like try to think like, yo, this would be dope if like it was like a movie and like this and like I would like plot it out and be like, all right, one one of these days I'm just going to write it and yeah. it'll be good. Yeah. I, I'm always thinking about movies. Yeah. It's uh, I watched Citizen Kane 
Uh, you know what? This week. I was going to watch it. I put it in my queue because I saw Don't it up for free. On, um, it was either Prime or HBO. Yeah, it ain't it. Yeah, no. Why does everyone it's, rave um, on it then? Why do you think? Because it's like, it's like um, Dirty Harry, right? Where uh, okay. all the tropes, right? From like Dirty Harry, all the cop tropes that everybody uses. Yeah. Right? It's like, um, it's played out when you go and watch Dirty Harry. It's like, this is what they did in uh, like Bad Boys or something like that. So yeah. you watch uh, Citizen Kane, right? One is like, it's not lit well. Right. Everyone loves the lighting, but I hate the lighting and it's in black and white. So, you, so like, uh, I get it, but I just don't like it. I had to watch it for a film class. Right. Uh, uh, and, it was uh, forced upon you. <laughs> Required it was forced reading. upon me. I was never going to watch Citizen Kane. <laughs> and, and, uh, so it was, um, it's just, the plot is okay, but like the acting is like, whatever it's, it's one of those movies like, oh, I could see why people like it, but it's not, God, it doesn't matter. Do you like the acting yeah. from those classic age of film? No, nah, because they, it's not, it's not authentic. No, it's not. Right? It's like, this is like back when, yeah. yeah, it's back when like they used that weird voice. Yeah. I, you know, like, until, I'm like, going to deliver my lines like this and shake my face. Yeah, yeah. Show you I'm until like Marlon Brando. Yeah, yeah. Until Marlon Brando, it was pretty, pretty whack. <laughs> so, yeah. I, there are some films that have that style of acting that I do like. I liked the movie Casablanca. 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 Yeah, Casablanca. And that had over the top acting, but I don't know. I liked it for some reason. That's a good film. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a, because the story is well, it's well written. Yep. And uh, it's just, um, that one is actually shot pretty good. And it's a lot of stuff that they did in that movie that like transcends to what they do now. Yeah. That's one of those things. I feel like that's one of the, uh, if they had to say one of the greatest movies ever, even though things change all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good one. It's better than Citizen Kane. I, that I, sucks. <laughs> okay. I, I'm still going to have to watch it now because I, I, uh, I've been hearing my whole life about Citizen Kane possibly being one of the best movies ever made or the best movie ever made. And I just, I black and whites, I don't really go back to that much unless it's an old, like a sci-fi thing. Like I really like the original mm-hmm. Twilight Zones and I like them not colorized. I want them black and white, but, yeah. uh, and the Hitchcock films. Right. But for the yeah. most part, I don't go back to many black and white films, but this is one that when I saw it in the list, I forget what service I saw it on, but I said, you know what? I, I have to watch this just so I can have an opinion, right? Because like right now you're telling me, no, it's not a good movie. So maybe I could have had an opinion otherwise, or maybe I agree like, no, this is garbage. Why do people say that? But I think yeah. critics, I don't always think that when people critique and they list out uh, what are the best, right? The top 10, whatever, you got to take it with a grain of salt because they're only, they're only pulling from their subjective circle of whatever, whatever critics are into. Right. And so that's, that's another thing as a person who creates stuff is like critics are kind of, they're kind of horse shit. So. Yeah. Like I love Caddyshack. Right. I know it's a bad movie, but I love it. That's probably got like a, um, like 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. Same thing with Friday, which I think is like what written well and directed well. Um, I looked on Rotten Tomatoes; they got a seventy, and I was like very upset with Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, 
I like Friday. Yeah. I like Smokey. If for no other reason that uh, the character Smokey, right? Oh yeah. Smokey's great in it. Uh, the scene where uh, Ice Cube drops the ice cubes and it's just like this huge traumatic thing and yeah. it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. And it's just there. Yeah. It's one of, it's a great movie. Yeah. Man, I would have never have thought Ice Cube blew so many minds because he goes from a kind of a fringe counterculture hip hop group to mainstream hip hop. And then, oh, guess what? He's a great drama actor. He was in Boys in the Hood, killer yeah. on Boys in the Hood. And then, oh, guess what? He's also hilarious. And he's been hilarious in however many, many uh, movies since then. Who would have thought that when he started his career, just whatever, writing lyrics back whenever he started, that he would be a comedic actor? I, I mean, I don't know. I guess. I mean, it's a, well, well, like rapping is like a lot of acting too. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of rappers start acting. Because you, no one is hard 24 seven. Right. But like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're like uh, Tupac had to act hard 24 uh-huh. seven. So like you see him in like, uh, play Bishop or, uh, in a juice or, uh, yeah. Was that, uh, or like, uh, the, the evil guy in above the rim and like, yeah, he like, wow, he did really good. I'm like, yeah. Cause like Tupac is acting all the time. They all are just act like at the end of the day, they all got to eat ice cream. Right, like they all their nails. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they 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 gotta clip nails. They gotta do things like that. They can't think about killing people all the time. That's you know? <laughs> that's a good premise. I don't know if you've done that in your act, but definitely put it in that one. <laughs> Let me write it down. I'll yeah, write it down right now. Because rappers can't be hard. To our, you know, you can't be hard twenty four a day. There's got to be a point where you go I feel and like that's a Cat Williams thing. I think there's a, it's not about rappers, but it's about people in uh, in general. It was uh, like it was like I don't. It was like uh, I don't get what like people act hard like twenty four seven, right? Like you can't be can't be gangster over bacon, like uh, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. oh, that could have been so good. That's the second joke uh, this week that I thought of that was like uh, written by someone else. I was like, it was such a great premise, but like, oh, like that's why this one was was Pete Davidson. <laughs> Which one was Pete Davidson? It was um, dang, I forgot. Okay, well, I, I okay. came up with something. N- never mind. That's why I wrote that joke this week, where I said, "Hey, have you ever been in the middle of a dream, and then you have the best premise and punch that ever comes to you, and you wake up and you go, oh, that's so good." But then you realize you weren't sleeping. You were actually on the couch watching Jerry Seinfeld do stand-up comedy. Because there's, there's so much cross-pollination in our thinking and our observing and our putting out that sometimes yeah. things come to you and you go, that's, that's going to be a, that's gonna that's be gonna be a great joke. And then you go, wait a minute. No, I just saw that on whatever. Yeah. Like I remember writing, um, uh, you know who Paul Verzi is? Mm-hmm. Right? Opens for Bill Burr. Right? He... Uh, he had that one comedy uh, central special and I watched it and he has this one joke where he talks about uh, school shooters and like, why are like the numbers so low? Right. Like, <laughs> right. And I remember like writing like the same premise, right. Three months ago. And I was so mad. Yeah. Cause I was like this joke. Cause like he, he says it and he goes from like an angle where like, uh, he talks about like, if he was one, like, 
Like he's get 200 tops, right? Just aim for the center. And I was like, I basically had the same thing. I was like, all right, I'm on some type of right track here. It's messed up, but like we're somewhere here. Yeah. And I was, yeah, we're like parallel thinking. I don't like it. Yeah. Right. Cause like some of the jokes are like, that's why I don't watch a, a lot of stand up anymore. Right. Cause like I don't like, uh, uh, I just want all the ideas to be original. Yeah. Right? Unless it's like if Bill Bird does it or Deja, people who I like love and watch. Uh, then I'll, I'll, of course, I watch it. But like, other than that, I used to like watch stand up like twenty four seven, right? Wow. And so now I'm just like, it has to be original. Let's just forget about everything else. So yeah, I that was my second time ever doing stand up comedy. <laughs> I I went. I had like maybe ten premises written down that I wanted to work on, and in one night I I went up like last or whatever. I I probably saw eight of those premises touched on by other comics. And then that's <laughs> That's when it hit me. And at that time, I didn't know anything about parallel thinking. I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. joke thievery. I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know shit about shit. But then I just realized it's really hard to be original. It's hard to be yeah. funny. It's also really hard to be original. So it's double hard to be funny and original. Um, yeah. So I, I hear you. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then like like uh even what uh what i'm trying to like work out now like my uh where i talk about like pedophiles and how dumb they are right because like uh chris hansen will like uh come up to them and, like yo you know she's like 15 and i was like oh, i thought she was like nine or something like that and it was gonna help them right like i like i don't know how if that's hacky or not or if that's been done or if it's original you know but like it always gets like some type of like well, to it. I mean, it's true also yeah it's documented it's recorded <laughs> I well, I think my opinion on that whole thing is that you just got to keep doing it until eventually you'll realize either you love it or you don't love it. And if you love it, you'll do what it takes yeah. to make it funny and make it original. And if you don't love it, yeah. you're forgetting about it. Yeah, hopefully I find like another angle for that because I that's one of the jokes that like I have that I'm just like it's funny, but like anybody could think about this. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but you like, know what? Yeah. The thing is, is you can't really say that because until you run into another person who says it exactly how you say it, it is original. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of times what happens is we'll write something down and then we won't like it ourselves or we'll say it doesn't feel original, but we don't know until enough people have heard it. And if you ever either get called out on it or you see someone else doing it, then you can validate and say, Oh, it wasn't original. But until you say that, who knows? It might be the most original thing that ever yeah, yeah. was written. So, yeah. I always tell people on these Zoom mics, because I, I notice sometimes people get down on themselves. They'll say something and then I'll send them a little, uh, you know, like a message. To Don't quit them. comedy just yet. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say, hey, hey, I liked that joke. Don't. Cause they'll say, Oh, I'm throwing that out or whatever. And I know it's part of them joking around, but then I'll hit them back. Yeah. Up and I say, you, you have to try that on stage. You have to try that on a real stage someday. Like zoom is just, we're rehearsing with each other. We, who knows what. Yeah. It's like, it's not even, it's not even the same, bro. It's like a rehearsal for the rehearsals, rehearsal, Correct. dress okay. rehearsal. It's not even, you're just saying jokes. Like you also, you're competing with Netflix, a Netflix tab, a Hulu tab, some homework. Yeah. Like somebody going over the set list through the thing, like it's you're not 
like half of the stuff that like we probably thrown out over this course of time could have worked. Yeah, it could have been good. We just don't know because we're not in an intimate setting. Nope. We don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's going to be such a mystery when we go back to doing it in person. Like I, I mm-hmm. believe this. Sometimes you just got to go on active faith. Right. And so I say, no, it's helpful doing these zoom mics. Well, it's helpful in multiple reasons. One, it's forcing me to write every day. Two, it's forcing me to yeah. meet new people outside of my market. And then, and then the third thing is maybe you are getting better timing. Maybe your jokes are getting stronger because you're writing every day. So I, 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 I'm kind of just on faith saying it's, it's for the better to do zoom, but I don't know. I might go back and try an in-person mic and just, you know, Yeah. what if you're never the same? What if you're like, not as funny as you are never now, again. you know, and it ruined never again. You got yeah. like funny cancer where you no longer have a yeah. sense of humor because Zoom sucked it all out of your soul yeah. or whatever. Dude, I feel sorry for the ones who create, I don't like doing like Zoom bits, right? I feel sorry for the ones who like have like a whole 10 minutes on Zoom, right? That only works on Zoom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going up. It'll never transcend on stage. Yeah, yeah. Can everyone please unmute your microphone? I like to hear yeah, the- yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Once I hit, it's a rat. That's yeah, that's going to be like the first thing that's going to be said. Yeah. Hey, I, it was better when you guys wasn't muted or something. I that yeah. Oh yeah, so many people are going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to be. I'm going to grit my teeth. Yeah, yep. I don't like um. Yeah, I do not like Zoom bits. I like. I thought of a couple of like this would be funny, but for the greater good, I cannot bring this on an actual stage. Interesting. Therefore, I cannot use that. Yeah, I, I've seen people like you know, full act outs, like walk off, like you can only do that on Zoom, right? Like I saw someone do like a PowerPoint uh, comedy yeah. thing. I'm like, yo. Comedy, yep. Unless, unless you had a tech talk, this is all you got right here. Like, this, <laughs> you need real stuff. Oh, but check it out, Fareed. I... I, there is a comic out there who does PowerPoint comedy in clubs. You, you want to know really? how I know? Because I've been to see him. <laughs> he's, he's actually pretty funny, but he's, if, if, unless you work in a corporate kind of stuffy cubicle environment, you're not going to get it. But if you work in a, uh, a kind of corporate stuffy environment, his act is, it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. But you, so here's the thing. I'm two people. I'm two people, right? One, yeah. I am a stand-up comic, but two, yeah. I'm just a dummy who likes to laugh. And so, stand-up yeah. comics, a lot of times, they they have these principles that they walk around. We with. turn into snobs, yeah. <laughs> and so they keep these principles, and the principles almost get hardened, and they'll be like, "Oh, prop coming, oh, music coming." But I'm kind, I'm yeah. the guy. I'm just a big dumb dumb. Where if someone breaks, is doing a. a comedy open mic and they break out a guitar i'm like yay we get music yeah, i love bo burnham yeah <laughs> and gallagher like I, yeah gallagher's not him not his brother his brother i didn't i didn't like but okay. gallagher yeah he was funny yeah <laughs> for sure yeah man i uh yeah I, I try to like hold back from that right uh but like i don't know something about powerpoints in general like really like get to me you know like i saw um yeah i know I, I uh, I saw this one thing. Uh, this uh, this one comic. I forgot her last name. She's big. She was on Master of None. She was a food critic. Aparna Nancherla or whatever. Right. Yeah, she does PowerPoint. I know. She does PowerPoint. Right. And I didn't know this. Right. Because I remember seeing her on like JFL. 
right? And I was like, this is pretty good, right? And I thought I was going to see the same thing, right? And I saw, a, I saw it pull up a PowerPoint, and I was kind of upset. Yeah. I was, kinda, I was, like, really upset when I saw it. At the same time, I was like, this is a good comic, right? And, like, hopefully yeah. I get to work with her one day. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, why are you doing PowerPoint comedy right here? Like, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly who you're talking about and I know the bit that you're talking about and it's kind of like, ah, uh, I don't... I ain't even into the bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, man. But you get lazy. I, I get it. I, I'd probably do the same thing well, if I made it. And I was, if I was on Master of None, if I had a Netflix credit, man, I'll do a PowerPoint uh, thing. I want it, but yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> at some point, maybe you just want to do something experimental and then yeah. whatever. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But Prince put out a bad album. You know? Which one? <laughs> Prince put out a bad album. Like he like he put out a rap album. Oh, he just he? It's lost next. Yeah, man. Oh, I didn't I I don't recall that one. No one recalls it. <laughs> yeah. huh. I'll have to go back Dude, and it out. I wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stanley I'll Kubrick just... made a bad movie. You know? I... Yeah, I, I don't know why I said that. I'm not going to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not. Yeah, that's just, that's just podcast host talk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to check it. Don't check it out. Stanley Kubrick, I didn't like um, A Clockwork Orange. Have yeah, I'm not that? a big fan of that one. Not a fan of it, yeah. Yeah. It's the, it, it's the one movie where there's too many movies I don't like uh, that like I actually like have hatred towards. It's um, <laughs> American Psycho, right? Because... Okay. Uh, uh, it's just it's not nothing about it seems feasible and then A Clockwork Orange because I went into it like a scary movie yeah. I thought like everyone told me this was going to be scary and it was just like unsuspenseful I was like why am I watching this right now I just ruined time I was wondering maybe you can help me out so you've seen American Psycho yeah man that's what uh, when we were at Magic Mike uh, what was his name Tom he had the American Psycho uh when he, uh, he stopped the video was a uh, American Psycho with Christian Bale. And, uh, and I was like, I don't like you because of this movie. Yeah. Well, so the question I've always had, I think I've seen it twice, but the question yeah. I, but and I, the only reason I watched it a second time is I was so confused by it. Is mm-hmm. he a killer or is he not a killer? I don't understand. So the, apparently the book is a lot better. Okay. Right. And apparently he's not a killer and everything's a figment of his imagination. Right. But, like, when you watch the movie, it's so stupid. Like, how can you chase someone with a chainsaw and just hang on the uh, the stairs and, like, watch and drop it yeah. precisely to where it cuts them in half, right? Doing like, it's like, it's like 18 flights of stairs, and he does it perfectly. It's yeah. so stupid. Or when he, he shoots a pistol, a regular pistol, at a cop car and it blows up. yeah. Yeah, so it's all imagine. And then he gets away from it. It's just white privilege in a in a, in a movie. That's all that is. Because he 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 gets away from all of this. Like he's pretty much he went from like a serial killer to just like a mass just he just terrible person. Now I understand when you roast sometimes white people are always serial killers. White, yeah, 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 yeah. It comes from that movie. It, it, it's, it's it's hate, really. It's it's hate for that movie. I don't. You guys are cool. Most of you guys are. It's like, uh, it's like 95% of you guys are cool. And that 5% just taints it for the rest of you guys. Yeah. And it will never change that way. Apparently. But like, I like it. Cause I get these jokes off. 
No. Yeah. No, there's a lot of most mass shooters are white. Most all. All. <laughs> All mass shooters. It's it's something we do. You know, we don't hug our children. Um, we withhold uh, uh, affection, and then we grow up into mass shooters. It's just kind of. It's a. It's one of those things that like there would be more uh, races who did it, but they had to like look at themselves and was like, listen, I can't do this because of the color of my skin. Not because I hate you guys, but for the color of my skin, I'm not going to do it. So you guys are you guys are lucky. And plus, like. The Mass Shooter song is like, uh, you ever heard of Last Resort by uh, Cockroach? Uh, Cut yeah. my life tattoo. Yeah, that that's a white song. Right? Uh, like, there's no there's no Mass Shooter hip hop song. Until no. there's one of those, there will never be that. So yeah, <laughs> we need one of those for the culture. Yeah, <laughs> my goodness. That's so that is something I always wondered uh, watching the American psychos. I just didn't get it. Like it's so I guess he wasn't a killer. Sounds like you're right. Cause that whole scene through him shooting in a crowded city and things blowing up, there's no way he would have got away with that. But of course he's white. So maybe he could have. Yeah, he could have. You want to roast some people now? It's been we, a minute well, you know what we got to do for This has been fun. We're already over an hour, my friend. Word. We're Can at I tell you 20. people that I brought for this, uh, the celebrities? We don't have to roast them. I just want to give you my list of celebrities. No, no, uh, let's, celebrities. Roast let's roast them. Hold on. Uh, I'm All sorry. Right. I, I right. got, see, this is the thing. This is the thing with my podcast. Why it's Am I Making Sense? Because I always get off track. Okay, give me the first one. Who's the first one we should pull up? Christian Bale was on my list. Yeah. All right, we're bringing him up. Actually, this is going to be a good one. This ooh, 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 or Tyler Perry. Oh, I kind of won't. We've done we've done white uh, people. Let's get let's get Tyler Perry on. Oh, Tyler yeah. Perry. Yeah. Speaking of movie makers. Yeah, man. Just the guy. Okay, hold on. All right. So let me pull this up. We got a couple pictures here. Boom. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> he looks like he sleeps in his Medea outfit. You know. <laughs> he he looks like he's happier as Medea than as him himself. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. He looks like Sean King's bodyguard. <laughs> he looks like uh, he looks like he's doing a Michael Jackson impression, but ate a little too much. <laughs> he looks like he's like, like, for a bad video. Word, yeah. For some like for like like one of the henchmen in or hip in a hip hop video is just like in the background like this the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, oh wait, hold on. Here's the like, one. Here we ooh, go. Oh yeah, that he definitely got pine salt on his breast. That's <laughs> that's the feeling right there. <laughs> he he looks like he he's he's going to work as Lando Carisium in that jacket. I feel like as a kid, he he used to eat sand at the beach. <laughs> oh no! Uh, <laughs> he looks like he spent at least five hours prepping his facial hair before he left the house. He was probably the one big kid in the little league, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> the guy just that back the ball. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. nice. He looked like he spills things on his shirt. <laughs> Uh, this guy, it looks like he's, uh, he's 
finished playing, uh, what's that called? Ah, shoot. Prince of Persia. He's doing a Prince of Persia jacket there. He got like the basic like civil rights activist pose right here. He looks like an unknown, unknown civil rights activist. <laughs> he, yeah. People, <laughs> he looks like the guy who came right after Rosa Parks. Yeah, no, nah, he was like in the he was like in the far back during the march. Like you can see him in the picture. You know, like he was telling his grandkids, like, yeah, this is I'm right here. You see me? If you squint, you can see me. <laughs> oh no. I don't think I can touch that one any further. He looked like a barber with shaky hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. All right, let's okay. Let's pull up another one here. Let's stop this share. Let's bring up one more guy or gal, whoever, whoever you got. Oh, word! I all right. I'm just gonna give do you. Want you want to do Christian Bale? Oh, I no. could do Christian Bale, uh, the Geico lizard, right? Which is a weird one. And I had Anne Frank on here, and I was just like, my I don't know why. I yeah. Who's on Geico? So you had me at Geico. Geico Geico's lizard. good. You had me at Geico lizard. Okay. All right. Hold on. Sorry. 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 Here we go. Um, these ones I can't. Oh, here we go. There we go. All right. There we go. This is Where'd the button. Back on? This is the button I wanted. Okay. You know what he looked like? He looks like he looks like my uh, my uncle who sells meth. <laughs> I feel like he's like the Mark Zuckerberg of the amphibians. You know. <laughs> Yeah. He looks like uh, he got in an accident with a box of Crayola crowns. <laughs> I feel like he definitely like pays off his mistresses, you know? Like, I, I don't think he's a good lead. He's the Bill Cosby of, of, of uh, Geico's. You know, you know he, he should be dead, right? Because they only live till 15 years old. Uh, the first Geico came, commercial came out in 2000. Which means I don't know if they're doing like a weekend at Bernie's situation, but he's not—he's not supposed to be alive. No, you're supposed to be dead, Geico Insurance Lizard. He looks like right now. He looks like an overconfident uh, day trader. Yeah, he definitely talks down to Rango. <laughs> <laughs> he. Oh wait, this one here. This looks like he's auditioning for the Nutcracker. Right here. Oh uh, yeah, that's like when when the Geico uh, money wasn't wasn't getting right. You know, yeah. He had to audition. Yeah. <laughs> this, this looks like he just walked out of a nail salon and wants to show the world his his toenail his mani pedi his new mani pedi. He looks like he claps when he talks. That's, that's the feeling right here. <laughs> he looks like he's in the Pride Parade. He's on his way to the Pride Parade. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, he he looks like uh the lizard from um what's the lizard's name? Uh, reptile, reptile, Spider Man. He looked like the villain reptile Spider Man's like seed. That's yeah. that's, that's the feeling right here. He looks like uh, the reptile Spider Man's gay uncle. <laughs> okay, the one his parents told him to stay away from. <laughs> okay. This guy, he looks, he looks like he's going, he, he looks like he's going to do a speech at Cambridge University in the United Kingdom. And then he's waiting to get his powder wig. 
I feel like he's like he's like about to file for insurance fraud oh, yeah. right here. That's <laughs> it. That I think that's what we gotta leave on, Fareed. This that's is what we Geico, leave on. Yeah, because this is the Geico lizard about to commit insurance fraud. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good place to leave on. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I never liked the Geico lizard. I've never been a fan. I don't well, I don't like him, but the the guy in the commercials I hate the most, ironically, talk about foreshadowing. I always hated that dude on the uh, Subway sandwich commercials, Jarrett. Oh yeah, he was bad. I I was too young for Jarrett. I've always hated it. It was between the Geico lizard. I feel like I hope he gets canceled. The Geico lizard and the guy who went from a who switched to Sprint. He was with Team. Was he? he was with Team Mobile for a little bit. Then he switched. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I feel like he should get canceled too. Yeah, he's trained. Like they need to cancel people like that. I don't know. I, they should just plant evidence on him. <laughs> that's a new. That's a new cancel culture war. Is to actually plant evidence. You know, on people we don't like. I might just become a troll just for that. Just. I'm gonna just go through all the tweets of the camp, of the the T-Mobile guy. Yeah, and see what he did wrong. No, even better. You got to hack his Twitter account and somehow backdate a tweet to ten years ago, right right Ooh, before yeah. he made the switch over to wherever he's at now, Sprint, and then just have him say some really dark stuff. And then you really, go back and say, look what I found on t- uh, 2008. Can you believe really dark, just like homophobic and racist, all just this like just the most the most just terrible joke, right? Let me talk about this Aaron Frank just once. Just okay. get him out of here, that traitor. Okay. All right, let me do that. Do you want me to bring up a picture? I don't know if I can get pictures of Aaron Frank. Hold on. Oh, you want to do Aaron Frank? Sure. Is that I'll, what you is I'll, that what you want? I'll do it. Let's do Christian Bell. Let's do Christian Bell. It's too early inside my uh my career to be uh, ruined. I was going to yeah, say, I, I, I would edit that one out. In fact, I'm even going to edit the name out, but let's bring up Christian Bale. Yeah. Here we go. Easy. This is easy. Yeah, man. All right, Geico, get out of here. Here we go. Share screen. Screen two. Bingo. Yeah, this is what we start with. Oh, we start with that. Uh, this is like I'm about to hit you, sister. Oh yeah, I was gonna say his middle name is definitely Lewis. Right? Just, <laughs> he, this face looks—he looks like he compares piss streams at the urinals. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Well, if not this guy, this guy for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He, like oh, like yeah. You're getting a weird. Like he slaps you on the butt on the way out to to the bathroom. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Now this guy, this is definitely a Civil War reenactor. Yeah, he looks like he makes his own chloroform. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Right there. Yep. He, he, he waxes his mustache according to his mood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go to one next to that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go to that one. Yeah, he... he he looks like he still goes to college uh, to frat parties. That's that's the mood. Yeah, he looks like old school is his go-to movie that he watches every Wednesday night. He looks like the date rape expert. That's this, this, this is what Christian. <laughs> oh, here we go! Oh, Your wow. favorite movie. I, I 
hate this. Wow, man. He just the hugest forehead on the white actor. He, the he hugest looks, one. Yeah, he looks like he's done method acting and been imagining dropping chainsaws on women for the last nine <laughs> months. He looked like he auditioning for a role for himself. <laughs> we need a Christian Bell type actor. And they just never casted Christian Bell because of how he acts. It was like, no, he's terrible on set. We need someone adjacent. Let's get Jared Leto. Let's get Jared Leto. I think he'd be better. <laughs> Jared Leto. I like it. Uh, he, this guy, he looks like he was dressed by his mother on the way out. And he said, Mom, I don't want to wear the vest. And she said, no, you have to wear the vest. Then he murders his mother. And then he murders That's his mother. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, look at this one. Are these? Oh, wow. That's just, that's just Joaquin if he was unsuccessful. That's just the unsuccessful Joaquin Phoenix. That's all this is. <laughs> uh, the, the right most picture definitely could be Joaquin, for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's new Joaquin. That's new Joaquin. Yeah. yeah. The middle he's one, it looks Joaquin. like he's a, um, a traveling salesman for Vitamix uh, blenders. Uh, the middle one looks like he sells, uh, what are they called? Uh, paninis out of his car, out of his van, a white van. It's like he didn't get the candy memo and he was like free paninis only for kids though. Panini. He's a 10 year old panini. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I we have to end on the panini. We can't we're gonna end on paninis. All right. How do you how do you move on past panini? If you can weave the word panini into a into joke anything. or a roast, then you've won, my friend. <laughs> you are the winner of not just this podcast, but of life. Thank you. <laughs> Words. Cool. We have no paninis. All right. All right, Fareed. Well, we got to wrap this up, my friend. Um, do you have anything? Magic Mike, I'm going to put the link in for Magic Mike. Um, or not the link, but uh, is that does that have its own Facebook page? Yeah. All right. I'll get it right now. Uh, Andy, I'd rather people go to the uh, to my roast thing. Uh, after, my, Mike, uh, Mike. Uh, after, after Mike Rose. After Mike Rose. Yeah. Hold up. Let me go to Eventbrite. Because that's Oh, you know what? You can just yeah. I'll get that when I post this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just message it. I'll just message yeah. it to you. Um, yeah, this was this was great. I said a lot of stuff on here that uh, we'll see what makes it or what doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> it was like this. Yeah, it was like the second interview um or interview slash podcast I had, and the first one I was like, would you rather like punch like a baby in the face on a ventilator or a, or a puppy? And I said. The baby, right? So, <laughs> and, and I, don't, I don't think that ever came out, right? So. Well, no, I'm going to do some editing on here because there's definitely, oh, I yeah. think there's some stuff uh, that moves faster. And I was clicking around, and then, you know, some of the roasts I did were good, some weren't so good. So I'm going to figure it out. But um, I'll definitely edit this and I'll let you know uh, what some of the Where, edits are yeah. before we release it. Yeah, sorry uh, for uh, letting you. You could really say you have it right now. Uh, you don't have to let me know. I was, I'm pretty much cool with anything that's on here. I say this stuff on like a daily basis, then it gets recorded. This is this is just a reg. This is a regular Thursday night, man. I <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> you can do whatever with this. Sorry can, for letting you 
edited it. We're it's cool. All right, I'm out. Uh, this was great. Till whenever, bro. All right, peace. Bye.